walking on water in a white suit? What the fuck kind of Jesus is this? Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. This is the show where we break down the highs and lows of the writing, the music, and the cultural impact of a TV show that only ran six seasons and ended five years ago? Coming up on six years ago now. Uh, I am Emily. I'm Mandy. And I'm B. And um, this is our next episode where we talk about yes, no, right? Season three, episode 10. That's the one. Excellent. Um, Before we get into that, I think our only housekeeping notes are uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at the same handle if you want. I think our, I feel like our Instagram is pretty good, you guys. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff there we've been working on. And um, we might have some fun stuff in the works to come. Maybe some fun things to give away. I don't know. Yes. Yep. We think it's fun anyway. (laughs) We're biased, but, you know, it we're, doesn't matter. Our opinion right. the most important. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Biased, but correct. Um, so it's September. I don't know if you noticed that. And that feels a little fucked up. A little bit. But this episode aired in January. So we're closing in on the... Uh, the season gap in the recording <laughs> of these. <laughs> Are we though? <laughs> we're, I mean, yes, we're getting closer, <laughs> but we've got a ways to go for these to match. Unfortunately, Glee doesn't really seem to do Halloween. Well, yeah, no, they don't really do Halloween episodes, so we can't, we can't try to tie our Halloweens together. But maybe we'll do something fun uh, in a mini episode somehow. If only to post the Clane Halloween five second uh, clip. Yeah. Oh really... my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's all we've got. Uh, so this, this is yes, no. Um, the quick recap is Mercedes and Sam's relationship is explored further after their supposed summer fling at the end of season two. Becky decides she wants a boyfriend after having an eye for Artie. Emma really wants to get married, and to her surprise, Will decides to propose to her, but needs the help from the new directions. Um, It's not really a surprise if you put it right into the recap, but, (laughs) you know. Um, This episode was directed by Eric Stoltz, who we appreciate, and written by Brad Falchuk, who we appreciate less. <laughs> so, you know, there are three pretty big storylines happening in this episode. Is your initial opinion that they are terrible? Or yes. are you a big mm-hmm. fan this episode? Was this a episode? slog. A slog. Especially, there's such big storylines, and uh, it just takes forever. I will say the Sam and Mercedes storyline, I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. No, it's, same. It's the other ones that are just really, again, I, I don't even think those things that already happened, but it still felt like a really, again, episode. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't want an entire episode devoted to Will Schuster and Emma's relationship issues? No. Not unless it ends with like Emma dumping a glass of cold water on his head and moving out. Well, that is not how this ended. No. Um if Sadly. the recap did not tip it off for you, uh, there's a there's a big proposal that goes down here. But I think we can hold off on that one because the Sam the Sam Mercedes one is the highlight of this episode. For sure. Um, uh, yeah. I, I feel bad for Shane because yeah. I'm sure he's a lovely person but he's not a main character and the show only <laughs> puts main characters together in substantial relationships. Yeah. So no one else stands a chance and that's kind of a shame because real friend groups don't interdate quite so uh so deeply incestuously right incestuously (laughs) so in real life mercedes and shane fantastic i'm sure that would be just fine but this is glee and you only date within the glee club it's so sad because he's such a supportive boyfriend at the beginning of the season like he's he really encourages her in a way that no one else really has before which i don't know maybe sam did too we didn't it was all off screen yeah we didn't even get to know that yeah like how am I supposed to root for Sam when I just saw on screen her great relationship with someone else like I mean absolutely Glee's just like prototype for how to handle showing a relationship is to have the healthy good thing be background that you're supposed to dismiss and root against (laughs) it's so true just spotlight the drama the fights the (laughs) pettiness Everything else is just in the background in the choir room. It's implied. Oh, yep. yep. So we we launch into their relationship woes with um, a Grease cover. Which was, I always thought, a little unexpected because Grease is such a huge movie that you do think, well, they're going to do a whole episode on Grease. And they do later. Yeah, they do, like, a whole season later. Yeah, they're like, oh, we had a summer romance. What's the only possible song we could sing? (laughs) Summer nights. I I basically just, like, hit play on Netflix and it picked up where I left off. So I didn't even know the name and, like, which episode it was. And it opened mm-hmm. up with that song, and I was like, wait, this is the Grease episode, is it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, like, it took me seconds. I was like, no, of course not. That's, like, mm-hmm. later on. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so I forgot that they even did this number out, you know, so early it's, on. It's very yeah. out of left field because yeah. it is such an iconic song that it kind of has to be in a Grease episode. It's musical mm-hmm. theater. I, I mean, it's a movie, but it's a musical, so therefore a musical, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but they were really yeah. hamming it up. Like the whole thing's an homage to Greece. Um, they oh, the do, whole thing like, was yeah, yeah. So, which is yeah, jarring to not be in like a whole Greece episode. But I love the way they did it because I feel like you could tell the actors were having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I once again am a sucker for a group number, so I thought it was cute. Sucker but for a group I, number. Santana's mm-hmm. the perfect Rizzo. Yes, but they had um Kurt deliver the line but he sounds like a drag which i'd forgotten I know. that was fun that um, was cute. it's interesting that they have like kurt with the girls and blaine with the boys because that doesn't really hold up 
like post season three, like Blaine and season four and on is with the girls a lot. Yeah. It really, they're still kind of clinging to the Kurt is with, is on the girls team right. in this. And uh, sure. He's sure. <laughs> well, I guess Some, maybe I got to wonder if they ask Chris. Mm. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking that Blaine does end up close with Sam and Kurt's always been close with Mercedes. But at this mm. point, Blaine literally just uh, shoved Sam and told him he wasn't for sale like two episodes yeah. ago. So <laughs> I'm sure right. they I'm sure they got over that and had a really deep, meaningful discussion about their perspectives and where they were coming from and figured out their friendship. You know what? That's what Marty Noxon could have gifted us. Yeah. Well, she had she had a lot to deliver, so. If it didn't happen in a she, Christmas song, her hands. Were I like tied. to think that she did write some fic later about them working out mm. their differences. We can ask. We'll try and ask her. Marty, come on our show. Yeah, please. <laughs> so many questions. Um, so Mercedes is still trying to pretend like she's not as into Sam as she is into Shane. I do appreciate her trying to be loyal to her current boyfriend unlike some of the other glee club Mm. members who are a little like i mean i don't want to shame quinn specifically but quinn specifically (laughs) (laughs) for very many episodes just kind of gets tossed between boyfriends depending on the arc of the episode so at least mercedes here is kind of like this is my relationship and i'm not going to uh, fuck that up. So that's kind of an adult thing for her to do. It is. And and again, like, it's such good judgment that I absolutely, <laughs> like, you have to know it's not going to last. <laughs> this is true and fair. Um, and, I mean, if, we, if it comes down to brass tacks, Mercedes and Sam can sing together and Shane... Can't. We don't so even he... know if Shane can sing, do we? <laughs> we don't, but we have to assume uh, since we yeah. haven't seen it. And and what relationship can there be if they cannot duet together on mm-hmm. stage? Not one on Glee. I think that's the real fun. test of a Glee relationship is can you duet? Then I guess you have to decide if you think Sam and Mercedes sound good together. I mean, I think they do. I don't know. I, I don't think of Sam as like a powerhouse singer of the group, whereas Mercedes really is, but maybe that's why it works. He can like let her shine. I was going to say he's her backup. Yeah. They're not really competing in a song mm-hmm. for center stage. Like say when Mercedes duets with Rachel, you know? Right. They're so just I think that's, out, that's uh... nice. There's some complimentary mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess our non, I don't have, I'm not good at segues. So I'm, I'm really not going to try here. Um, our second big storyline of this episode is Becky and well, Becky do we want deciding... to talk about Sam on the synchronized swimming team oh or is that technically a part of the yeah. other storyline we can yeah it is kind I mean, of like I... continuing the grease thing of like oh I gotta get my letterman's jacket to impress the girl that's true that's true mm-hmm. so Sam does join the synchronized swimming team to impress Mercedes um, I think this because is where we learn that McKinley has a pool. Yeah. 
because all yeah. high schools have a pool in them. And we also uh, get introduced to one of my favorite side characters, Coach Rods Washington, played by <laughs> Nene Leakes, because she is yes. a powerhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she kind of starts out like a Sue, right? Like she really comes out kicking. She does. Which is really great. Her whole uh, just monologue meeting Sam is just iconic. Like Sam Evans, I'm Coach Roz Washington, and you are one strange looking kid. I've never seen lips like that on a white child. And one of your nipples is higher than the other. I bet you had to overcome a lot with those crooked nipples. I'm gonna say one thing to you, Sam Evans, and I'm only gonna say it to you once. If you pee in my pool, I will kill you. The crooked nipples, the, yep. <laughs> um, I got this damn bronze medal in Beijing, yeah. China. Like I can hear it so clearly in Every my head. Yeah. It's so good. Do you ever, do you ever wonder what the Glee cast thinks when they get their scripts and, <laughs> and there's a rant about their physical appearance in it? Mm. Because it has happened to be like a shitty day. I mean, yeah. even if uh, you can just look at that paycheck and feel a little better, it's still yeah. got to hurt a little. Anyway, fuck Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of the theme of our pre discussions, are usually fuck Ryan Murphy. Yeah. But uh, remember, Glee's not a documentary. So no, all, all, all allusions to people real or dead are coincidental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing right, to so see. Back, back to this actual episode. <laughs> Got distracted just being angry at Ryan Murphy. That's the general, uh, generally how this goes. That's um, the yeah, so tagline of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's the subtext. Fuck Ryan Murphy. Um, under filed under things that randomly appear on Glee is of course the synchronized swimming team. To go with the lacrosse team, the hockey team, the football team. The football team, team, the basketball team. Basketball. What we're missing, I think, is a soccer team. I I don't think we've seen that. Uh, And again, these synchronized swimmers are never heard from again. That's right. They serve their one episode purpose. (laughs) They do, like, they did. And they they feel oddly well-defined when those two swimmers are talking to him about, like, the rules of being on the right. swimming team and you have to pick your own aquatic themed name. And he just happens to be Trouty mouth. Like <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty good writing, honestly, for something that's a throwaway in an episode. Yeah. So some, every once in a while, you're like, God, that's all right. You got, you got me there. I think, I think there's at least one more scene though. I feel like Nene Leakes comes back for one more episode, but maybe not. I guess we'll no, see. She, she does because I think she becomes the coach. Oh, of like that. Oh, she she beefs with Sue for sure. For she sure, does yeah. She and does. I started saying it, and I was like, "She's." I don't want to make a statement because I don't remember. <laughs> um, but she comes back for for more episodes. I just don't know which ones because I don't pay attention. It's okay. We'll get there. I've blocked out yeah. so much of, of this show. It's like mm-hmm. a new discovery every time I watch a new episode. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. That's a big way I repressed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Artie storyline in this episode, I had completely forgotten Artie and Becky yeah. together. 
um, did not anticipate having a Kevin McHale storyline at this juncture. I know. Yeah. I do have to say, I love that storyline for Helen Mirren, if nothing else. Yes, right. I love that. Yeah. I, Becky Faye Jackson, am the hottest bitch at McKinley High School. I'm not only co-captain of the Cheerios, I'm president of the Perfect Attendance Club, and I've won a participation award in rhythm gymnastics. You may be wondering why I sound like the Queen of England. It's simple. In my mind, I can sound like whomever I want. So lay off, haters. How did Glee pull fucking Helen Mirren? I don't Amazing. know. Like, this is, I will this... give them props for that, at least, though. Right? Just more proof that Glee was, like, so big. Yeah. Just a juggernaut at this point. Yeah, that is a good point of the level of, of stunt casting there was that... Uh, a bullshit show is not going to pull Gwyneth Paltrow, Britney Spears, and Helen Mirren right. without being culturally relevant. But the storyline itself did not serve Helen Mirren in any way. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't like Becky anyway. And it, which is a hard thing to be like, I don't like this character that gives diversity to the show, but the character yeah, itself I mean, is fucking annoying. She's like mini Sue. She I is, feel like without, yeah. yeah. She's she's mini Sue without any sort of like charisma or redeeming value. She's just annoying to me. No I offense that, to the actress. I hate that Glee like puts you in a situation in this episode where it's like they make you so uncomfortable. And I don't know if that was the point, but it was kind of like on one hand, like Becky is objectively not a nice person and does not generally have good intentions. Like she's Sue's right hand woman. Like the scene where they tell Artie, like you can't trust her. She's a, I think Santana calls her a conniving bitch. Like, yeah, (laughs) a sly conniving bitch. Yes. And it's like, Okay, but on the other hand, like, they're also making you feel bad for the fact that she has Down syndrome and that affects how people see her and, Mm -hmm. you know, if people would want to, you know, treat her like a normal teenage girl. And it's, like, one of those very special episodes that I don't – and Becky gets another very special episode, like, later on where they kind of play the same thing. Um, And I just – I feel like it's tokenizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it, I think it's using the viewers and the audience's um, innate biases against disability of all sorts. And then makes you feel like maybe you should be feeling something else. Be, like, oh, she's right. feeling alone and we should be treating her like a normal person, quote unquote normal. Uh, that it makes the viewer I don't know if it's trying to turn your perspective of Becky and other disabled characters on TV on its head but it doesn't work because she's so annoying I also felt like it was it was a little bit like they were saying like it's okay to not want someone to date this disabled character because the other person's disabled too yeah, there's there's a lot of weird Which nuance is, happening. Yeah, it it was just, I don't know. I didn't really know how to feel. Which I think as an extra layer, because it's like the actress who plays Becky is actually disabled, and the actor who plays Artie is not actually disabled. 
That's a good point. And yeah. it's like that's something that in 2011, maybe well 2012 at this point, uh, I guess we weren't really having societal conversations about as much. Right. Yeah. And I I get Artie's argument at the end after, well, there's a lot in that too, because he agrees to go, he originally says no to going out with her for probably the same reasons most people would instinctually or reflexively say no. And then he has a good time, but has no romantic interest with her. And then is the one to tell the Glee Club that they're being a bunch of dickbags about it because they are being reflexively anti-whatever or being biased against her disability in a dating respect. You guys talk a good game how it's okay to be different, how it's what's on the inside that counts, but I think you're just as narrow-minded as the rest of the school. But he did the same thing. Yeah. And he still... So, I don't know. It, it felt very jumbled of what the message was. If the message was treat Becky the way you would treat everyone else. Becky's a shitty person. I was going to say, in which case, it would have been perfectly acceptable to be like, Becky has done this, 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 and this to us. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't date her, because, you know, she's objectively been an asshole to us. Yeah, they never, like, took, maybe there's, like, a missing scene or something, but they never took the step to say, no, no, it's not that Becky has Down syndrome. It's that she sucks. They like say both almost like in yeah. the prior room scene. Like it's like both things. It's like, okay. Wait, one of <laughs> so, those would have really been enough. The, so you all suck thing. like that's. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was annoying because it was another of the very special commentaries that don't comment on anything other than the show's own ability to write complicated storylines. Yeah. And I would love for Becky to get a storyline that doesn't revolve around a boy. Like I, I get that's part mm. of her like characterization is that she's like boy crazy and you know, the almost shock value, I guess maybe that's not quite the right word, but like of seeing like someone who has Down syndrome be like explicitly um romantically inclined I don't know I was gonna say sexual sexual, but yeah I mean I guess she is yeah she she does him a nude picture of herself yeah 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 so she's like explicitly sexual but uh I would love a storyline that doesn't revolve around that like I would love Mm -hmm. Becky to get more airtime and legitimate storylines that don't have to play into this uncomfortability like that make pushes it into like very special episode like Mm -hmm. just let her have a w let her do something great Mm-hmm. Without it being, yeah, highlighted like that, yeah, right. Or, or for these things to carry through, like Darty and um, Becky remain friends, right? Like, do they just hang out and watch movies together? Because he seemed to have a good time. He's just got no romantic interest. But they don't. Is that now that it's over? Mm. Never see them on screen together again in yeah. any way that references that. I mean, I guess we'll have to like pay attention but i i don't remember them being uh super friendly maybe they will it happened off screen the same way mercedes whole relationship with sam did <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Watch, let's watch that show yeah the, the right. unseen glee all the things that happened off screen 
this is why there's so much fucking Glee fan fiction because yeah. anything that people actually wanted to watch and enjoy was not allowed to happen on screen. Right, yeah. All the stuff that you would have cut is on screen and the stuff that you wanted to watch was cut. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the essence of Glee. That's Glee. Uh, other things that should have been cut... Emma and Mr. Schuster. Just the whole thing. <laughs> Especially yeah. her fucking parents, who again yeah. are caricatures that I guess are meant to make you angry at them. I think. Joke's the- on them. I'm already too angry at Will <laughs> to have any anger left for anyone else. <laughs> Joke's on you, ginger supremacists. I already hate the scene. I also just hate the mere idea of someone asking a father for permission to marry oh, yeah. their oh my daughter. God. Oh my so god, yes. especially when Emma's like in her 30s, my dude. She's a grown-ass woman. Stop it. And doesn't even like her parents, which she <laughs> already knew. Yeah, they already had a whole, he's saying, fix you to her. Remember, we, we lived through that episode. It wasn't that long ago. No, no it Why wasn't. Why is he hitting up her terrible parents that she hates and never wanted him to meet i think maybe because murphy likes them so we have to what's what episode was that or that brad falchuk that likes them because he wrote this one did he write the one i have to go do a quick little google google it's an asian f the third episode nope that was ian brennan asian f still r.i.b though they just think their little their little white supremacy allegory is hilarious Mm mm-hmm They'll team up with the the Davids of Game of Thrones to write a white supremacist show that no one wanted. Oh God, don't put that idea into the universe because they absolutely would. Don't wood. do it, Ricky Bobby. At least a few hundred dude bros on Reddit would think it was like genius and edgy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's another mini episode is just complaining about uh, white male producers of television and what they get to get away with. Or the shows that get bought because they... So interesting. Is it? Yeah. Is it interesting or are you just a white man? Mm. <laughs> Title of the episode? Um, I would listen to that podcast. Is it interesting or are you just a white guy? I think so. If someone hasn't already done it, I guess we'll do it. I guess so. <laughs> uh, this, um, the storyline kicks off with the revelation that Coach Beast and... Cooter the recruiter have eloped, which begins another terrible storyline that we will get to eventually. Oh, not looking forward to that. No, but Beast is happy enough that she is eating two whole chickens <laughs> at lunch because it's funny that bigger people eat more. When yeah. frankly, eating a whole chicken for lunch sounds delicious. Yeah, it actually does. I like don't just, even. I know, just picking apart a chicken. Yeah. Yum. Mm, I could do that for dinner. My, so. my favorite part of her, um, like, excitedly talking about getting married was the revelation that there is a 24-hour chapel in Fort Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Indiana, I guess. They drove to... Like, what? I mean, why not? What else are you going to do? Oh, it's funny. Uh, Emma reveals that she is worried that Will does not want to get to marry, get married to her 
Um, and Sue, who happens to also be in this episode, tells her quite rightfully, because remember, Sue has married herself. That's right. That Emma should ask Will herself in a feminist, leapier, gung-ho kind of a way. Which kicks off into Wedding Bell Blues, which I like. I mean, she has such a a nice voice that we hardly ever get yeah. to hear. Yeah. That made me, like, realize again, they really didn't let her sing much, even though she's not a bad singer. You know, For, like, specific types of songs, I guess, mm-hmm. but still. Yeah, and so did you... So this is a, a song where the performance is in her fantasy, which I often, I have mixed feelings about depending on the um, the purpose in the episode, but this is one where like we see her in the wedding dress and it's very obviously a fantasy. And I, I like those scenes where the person yeah. singing is kind of like slow moving <laughs> in a scene where other people are doing other things, right? Like you get to see the third, the what, fourth, fifth, sixth wall between the performance and what's happening. But she breaks out of it, having accidentally asked Will to marry her. Do we like this use of of music, where what was very obviously a fantasy becomes reality? I mean, I'm, it, it makes Glee feel very like musical theater almost, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't mind. It's just, it's not, uh, it doesn't get used much. Yeah, it, it doesn't. So it was, I, I think for me on this watch of it, I, I kind of liked it that she was so lost in the moment or whatever that she was actually singing that song to herself in her head. I love that um, in the, in the like fantasy of the song that um, Coach Beast and Sue were singing back up and they were wearing like the fascinators because this was like yeah. right at the time of like um, Will and Kate's wedding. And I remember when the fascinators were like such a bit of fascination for Americans. Like what the hell are these hat things? So mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Uh, dates that episode quite a bit, but it did. Um, I love that they're singing the backup. That was cute. <laughs> I liked it. Um, it was a rare moment to see like, Emma, Sue, and Coach Beast all together, like, Mm -hmm. almost having, like, you know, I was going to say girl talk. I guess girl talk. Um, Yeah. I don't think they get many scenes. I love the break room, like, aspect of the show. Like, if we're going to spotlight the adults, like, I want to see that kind of stuff. Like, I always loved thinking about the secret world of the school that you don't see, like, when you're a student. Like mm-hmm. all the secret drama and politics, like behind the doors. So um, I love that use of them, and I love that they were like empowering her. They were like, I mean, you ask him, that's fine. Like that was cool. I liked, uh, and that felt like something the two of them would do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine either one of those women being like, "No, you really have to let the man ask you." Like, oh, right, shoot me in the face. And it's fun that they're friends because they all have such different opinions of Will Schuster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, Shu, like, was Beast's first kiss. And then, like, obviously he and Sue just hate each other's guts. Um, and then she wants to marry him. And somehow they're all still friends. That shows you how small of a town Lima is. It's like, well, mm-hmm. this is the best we got. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mr. Schuster has kissed too many people in that room. Yeah, way too many. <laughs> yeah. If he could just keep his, you know, tongue, mouth, etc. to himself, that'd be great. Yes. But it's a good thing that Emma does say out loud whatever she says you know we cut to will's reaction um because i feel like he wasn't planning to propose until she does that and then he's like oh i need to plan a proposal and that kind of sets the whole thing in motion of asking the glee club for help which like Um, that annoyed me too so much um you can have a conversation and emma implies later in the episode that they have had multiple conversations about marriage so like what are you doing will sit on your fucking hands I've honestly never understood the surprise proposal. Like, shouldn't you, shouldn't you know that the other person wants to get married before you do that? Yes. Um, as someone who recently <laughs> planned a proposal and got proposed to, I was excited to do this episode because I feel like I have a fun perspective now. I was going to say, um, you're the only person here who, uh... yeah. Yeah, that's a recent part of my life, just like last month. So, um... Or I guess it was in July. Wow, time moves so fast. Okay, but um, was there synchronized swimming involved? No. Okay, so I oh, always... So. I know. So, well, COVID, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, my my fiance, she's a very, like, low-key person. Like, she, she didn't really want a lot of people around when I proposed to her. Like, that was an expectation that she set. Like, you can still surprise your partner and do something special for them and know what their wishes are. Like, I think it's weird that people pick out rings without asking their partner. He does that in the episode, oh too. God, right? He goes and picks out a ring, and I'm like, that's a multi-thousand dollar purchase that they're going to wear for the rest of their lives, and you're going to ask them what they want. Yeah. You're going to yeah. let a man pick that out for you? No. Mm-hmm. No. It was fun for us to, like, go ring shopping together and, like, design our rings together. Like, we had a lot yeah. of fun. Well, I mean, if what you're doing is crafting a partnership, maybe you want to do some of these things together. Maybe. You would think. Strange idea. Potentially. You know what's also strange? Involving your students in your proposal. Super fucking yeah. weird. So fucking that, weird. As soon he walked in, he was like, we're going to do a proposal. And little Blaine is like jizzing in his pants over. And I was like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> but high schoolers would be like that. Cause if I was in high school and my teacher told me that I'd be so excited. Yeah. But they shouldn't tell but you. They shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't. You should not be involved in your uh, teacher's romantic and sex lives. It's also like using child labor. Like <laughs> that too. Yeah. They were hired for some this people time. and pay them, sir. <laughs> Maybe they would have won regionals if they'd used the time here mm. dedicated to a, a very complicated proposal. But once again, it's the top of the week and the proposal's at the end of the week. Like oh, another <laughs> thing that you can't throw together in one week, Schuster. <laughs> like I have to do this immediately. Like do you or could you take like a month to figure this the fuck out? I mean, it's a very good thing that synchronized swimming team has the same just like advanced <laughs> capacity for learning mm-hmm. like choreography that the glee team themselves do. <laughs> like maybe the synchronized swimming team had their own competitions to prepare for that they weren't <laughs> able to do because they were rehearsing this shit. And now they're going to have to come up with a, a synchronized dance on the fly. Where's that spinoff? <laughs> the synchronized swimming team of Glee. Yeah. I mean, if, if they do want to reboot, like, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Synchronized swimming. Um, 
although a quick back to Mr. Schuster's inappropriateness when he he takes Finn to go ring shopping, which was another, cool. and he asks, <laughs> he's like, "Don't you that your student is not your best man, nor do you plan your bachelor party with them, right?" The bachelor party, especially. What? No. Yeah, what, what the fuck was that? You're going to break out that uh, weed you planted in his locker a couple of years yeah. ago? <laughs> Let's all hit up the strip club, guys. Like, get the fuck out of here. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, speaking of, I mean, well, speaking of not making sense is a phrase that we could use for every segue. Mm-hmm. Why does Artie think that Moves Like Jagger is an appropriate proposal song, other than he wanted to sing it? I feel like somehow that was for us, like specifically us, the Glee on the Rocks podcast. Um, I don't know how they knew. Um, I don't know if it was Brad or if it was Kevin or what, but somehow I felt that it was just for us. It was fan service specifically for us. I mean, I will accept that fan service because that was my favorite song in the episode. <laughs> yeah, we there's a arty storyline. There is an arty solo and he gets to dance. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean- they Not knew. to mention total show stealer in the pool where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he rolls his wheelchair off the deck. Just freaking belly Every flops time. into the pool. <laughs> I, I mean, I skipped through some things, but I rewound that a couple times just to, <laughs> to really get the nuance of it. That is what gifts were made for. Like Glee pioneered the gifts. We've talked about this before, but it, it still gets me. Uh, I love it. Um, I did forget that this was a bit of a mash-off with Jumpin' Jack Flash right. until it just, Blaine like, and the up. others showed up in the background. I was like, when are you... Oh, right. The only complaint I have about that scene is there was too many close-ups on Maddie Fresh dancing. I was oh, like, too are, we many? Back- <laughs> are we back to season one where it's like, Mr. Schuster is a sex god. Like, I don't want that in my show. I don't need that. My mouth a little. Yeah. Like it was like slow mo and like muscly neck shots, and I was like, no. Mm-mm. Did you notice he has like a go to move with like the hands up and doing a spin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got like his little. It's like the Kurt shimmy. He's just got a, a move. <laughs> I can like picture like, you actor out right now. I'm like, I am. Like, I'm a hundred percent hands up, like doing the spin. I love it. A really good dancer, you guys. Um, we should, ooh, there's my first reels or TikTok. We'll just do a Mr. Schuster <laughs> 10 challenge. Oh my God. Yes. Tick. Yes. For the content. Hitting that content button. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we can go through the other proposal songs while we are on them before we hit up, hit up Finn. Oh yeah, and we'll, we can like rank them like good or bad. Like, yeah. would you say yes to someone who proposed to you with that song? So, um, moves like Jagger, no. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, <laughs> but I, I would also say no to anyone who proposes to me. So this might be a skewed. 
Okay, think of the perfect person, but they propose you with that song. Would you say yes or no? No. Okay, Mandy. I mean, I would probably say no on basis of they just saying a proposal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. Okay, but what if they read the lyrics out loud instead of no. singing it? Yes. If, if they got Kevin McHale to come mm. sing it, I might say yes, just because that would be the gesture. Okay. But, uh, and that's not because I find Kevin McHale attractive. Like, obviously, I just really like him. No. If they acquired me Kevin McHale for the day. We just stand. And we, could just, yeah, we could just chat and hang out after he does a song. Then, yeah. I think that sounds fair. That sounds, that sounds right. I think I would say yes if it was the song, but I would say no if it was that song, that choreography, those outfits, because that was over the line to me. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like the skinny yeah. dangly tie? Oh, my God. What was the scarf? Yeah, like the scarf tie. It was a better no. scarf. I know, but it... <laughs> The reference is lost on me. I'm not a Jagger fangirl. I feel like maybe if Emma was like really into Mick Jagger, Mm. that could have been a contender. Right. And it it did allow us to dance. Maybe she's into the show. It's funny how little Emma's interests played into this uh, proposal. What do we know about what Emma likes? What do the students know about what Emma likes? Absolutely nothing. It's what Will liked best. Right. Yes, and I also think these songs were chosen for the audience and not yeah, for Emma. Definitely. Um, because the next one up was The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Oh. The first time ever I beautiful beautiful they don't get to sing together nearly enough Mm -hmm. i loved the use of flashbacks in it Mm -hmm. um would have loved for kurt to be involved i know but that's okay they already had the clip they wouldn't even have i know they'd have to film one they had to film new clips they had a clip back the dalton clip i loved that santana got the line about sex (laughs) it was perfect it would have been a very easy switch for someone else to sing that line. And they, they made it gay. They made it gay. And the scene in the locker room with Brit was just adorable. I know Wesley. It was, I know. Wesley's a Britannia shipper. Are you a Britannia shipper, Wesley? You got those opinions. (laughs) Are you, Wesley, are you a Britannia shipper? (sighs) Yep. So that was, that was a good song. It was a good, use of the song i think you could have saved the first time ever i saw your face to not be about will schuster but you know to talk about our last point they did actually ask will about his relationship with emma to pick that song so that's that is true there's a text snaps to them obviously the girls i don't want to be gendered but like right but they were the ones to ask uh so Emily, if someone asked you to marry them, perfect person, first time ever I saw your face, yes or no? Uh, ugh. I mean, 
not knowing if other songs were on the docket. <laughs> I uh, sure. But okay. we have to have like a serious discussion about like the tone of the relationship. Mm. Because that kind of dat like that's kind of it's it's a beautiful song, but it is slow. Right, right, right. And it's it's, it's a, a little long dramatic. Serenade. It's yeah. a serenade. And um <laughs> I don't I mean, we'd have a hard time getting into the marriage anyway, because I don't do that. But uh, there could be a discussion. Okay. She's yeah. opening the door. Uh, Mandy, yeah. what about you? Uh, absolutely not. I <laughs> do not want to be serenaded. I do not want to have to stand there. I mean, at least mm. with like Jumpin' Jack Flash uh, with, with that one, it's... Uh, it's fun. It's it's fun, yeah. Would not want to be serenaded. Mm, yeah, oh, that's true. You guys are giving me a lot to think about. That one is a little bit uh, excruciating, I would say. I feel like if it was just me and my person um and nobody else and maybe she was like playing guitar or something you know uh-huh. yeah. more, like i learned this for you i feel like i would i would say yes but i mean like, the idea of someone just standing there singing directly into my face is yeah. horrifying yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly why i was like not not that one yeah no that makes sense like sometimes even small venues like small concert venues it's too close. I feel mm-hmm. like it's too personal, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't need them knowing that I'm sitting right there and that I'm watching. Like it's it's awkward. Fourth wall. I'm maybe ten feet in front of you, but look, fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, our next option in the wheel of proposal songs is "Without You," as sung by Rachel. Thoughts. Why does it have to be a Rachel solo? Like, I know in the midst of this, this is very clearly about somebody else. Like, this is finding songs for Shu to sing to Emma. Rachel is just about her. She just sings a song to Finn. Thank you, Santana, for pointing it out. I know after her performance, (laughs) like she was like, "Oh no, that wasn't the assignment to make everything about Rachel." Mm -hmm. I um. I really sometimes hate how much Rachel ties her whole personality to Finn. Yeah. And why, you know, I'm already someone who's not into romantic relationships on TV or off of, I mean, I like them when they're good on TV shows, but like she is 17. Yes. Her character is written as someone who, who may die without another 17 year old. And I just, it's, it's too dramatic in a way that makes her character hard sometimes for me mm-hmm. to get behind where even the song, her song choice was a song about, I can't breathe without you. And I think she means that in a, in a near literal way. Mm-hmm. And that's a little, yeah, uh, it's a little worrying for someone her age, frankly, Especially someone who's, like, supposed to be very, like, career-driven. Uh-huh. Like, that was the basis of her character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I also wonder what her real message was with this song. Because right before, they're at Breadsticks. It's her and Finn and Kurt, which, what an interesting trio that is. <laughs> and um, Finn is, like, really down because he's just found out some really bad news about his father, which I'm sure we're going to talk more about. Um, Mm -hmm. And she starts singing this song 
And I'm like, is she trying to like pep him up? Like, no, I love you. So you're special. I, mm-hmm. I would die without you. Or is it like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that's not, I, well, you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah, like it's it, just lost in translation a little bit with the lyrics of the song. Yeah, it, it's not a cover David Guetta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not really a song that's like um, an uplifting. Everything's gonna be all right because we're together. Yeah, it's it's about her feelings about things, and Finn is going through a lot, and probably this is not the right message. Yeah, it's also not about Finn. It's about fucking Will and Emma. Yeah. <laughs> It's not about you. Right. That's true. And Rachel made something about Finn really be about herself at the same time. So it's like Yeah, that's I think I think <laughs> that's the succinct of what it. you had just said too yeah. was she made what was supposed to be about Finn about herself with this song. Yeah. Yes, I lost my train of thought, but we, we brought it back. Thanks. Yes, that's what it was. You you got you got to it. It's good. Between us we have a whole brain cell. It was like a third. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess our final song. Wait, well, would you? So, yes. Emily. The answer is no. <laughs> if someone, if someone sang that to me with that level of your most well, perfect person, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. With the, that <laughs> level of sincerity, I would have to file a. What is it a? 51 or whatever the hold psychiatric hold is like you need to you need to find yourself again my friend Mm -hmm. makes sense Uh, Mandy if someone tried to propose to me with a song that Leah Michelle sang it would be a (laughs) no straight out the bat it would be a do a like have we met before (laughs) conversation I think be maybe asking these questions of the two wrong people. <laughs> no, it will, it's illuminating the fact that these are objectively terrible song choices for this yeah. specific assignment. They all yes. get an F. Everybody. All straight yeah. Fs across the board. Straight Fs. Well, the, the final song is, is We Found Love. And it's not as bad, I guess. Yellow diamonds in the It is the Although best of the worst. It is the best of the worst. I don't I don't consider uh, a high school in Lima, Ohio to be a hopeless place, but I can see why they would. Yeah. Is what I'm I'm getting from the song choices that Will considers their lives to be somewhat shitty with um with Emma's uh, mental health struggles. I think this one is also the best song because you have um, Santana and Rachel sharing the lead and they keep the original like arrangement of the song. Whereas without you, they like stripped out all the like house music part of it and made it a ballad. But with We Found Love, they keep the original 
like beat in the background and it's an upbeat fun question mark song um which i think gave it points in the good direction versus some of the other songs yeah i have mixed feelings because the synchronized swimming part is so joyous and the cast seems to be having such a fun time that it's like all right this is this is fun um we get to see them in swimsuits the girls bathing suits are fucking adorable santana gets to sing and look hot the clapping like the synchronized stuff is fun but it's about fucking Will. <laughs> just like his ugly ass white suit and top oh hat God, and cane so is so it's so bad. Like, how does that even connect to the rest of the proposal? Like, it begins kind of cute with him, with him walking down the high school hallway, and I can see, in many regards, like really a high school, gross. But that's where they met, and they spend eighty percent of their lives, and including. Right the a couple random fucking students that we've never seen before giving her roses and sue i thought was a great addition and it starts out very sweet and the song i get why they chose it but uh, walking on water in a white suit what the fuck kind of jesus is this is that like a trope because there's an episode of queer eye like the new netflix reboot where they help a guy propose and he also changes into an all-white suit to do the proposal i mean maybe it's a gay thing it's disgusting i hate it (laughs) it's just so bad but yes i i don't get how it's connected i feel like there's supposed to be some like opulence of like the he shows up in like this very elaborate three-piece top and tails suit but i'm like why you're gonna jump in the water <laughs> she's not wearing an evening gown everybody else is in a freaking swimsuit there had to be a happy medium here he could have worn like a suit coat right well nice but i don't remember I don't remember her ever talking about like needing a Prince Charming type. Like I don't remember a a discussion about her dream wedding includes tails and a top hat. I mean, I think so, what we got here is Will thinks he can walk on water. Yes, <laughs> I mean, that, that is the opinion of his himself. Just like uh-huh. everything about the proposal was, what would Will like? <laughs> That's right. What would Will Schuster do? Mm-hmm. Um, B, would you would you say yes to We Found Love? Um, but this version, this version only. Uh, wait, sung by these people? No. Well, I guess. Well, because oh. the other ones were solo, so you could be like, "Oh no, the person singing it." But no, I guess my my high school glee club has to be singing it. Um, okay, I've always I've always been a sucker for a bit of a production number in a proposal. Not that I necessarily wanted one, but I just thought they I appreciated the effort and the elaborateness of them. Like, um, your pl- your pro flash mob. Yeah, but like the more intimate ones too. Like I don't know if did y'all ever see the one where she's like she's like in the back of a car with the headphones on and they're lip syncing the song, and they do "Marry no. You" the Bruno Mars song. It's very cute. I'll link it to you later. I, but I can't say I watch a lot of proposal videos. I know that's just one of the ones that like it's still intimate because like she's literally in a car and they're on a road. So mm-hmm. it's just like her people that they they like taught the dance and they do the thing. Um, 
and I will say my partner knows this about me because her proposal to me did have a lot of people involved and it was a little theatrical and it took a lot of prep work. Um, mm. the, like, will you marry me cards signs. From mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So she knows me well. Um, I feel like I would say yes to this one unless the top and tails came out, then it would be a no. Yeah. <laughs> what if your partner was wearing the top and tails? I mean, she could probably like your actual. It. Yeah. But she wouldn't. I know this. <laughs> she would not. It wouldn't happen. I mean, she is a person for me, I think the idea of that many people being involved in something for me is just what like totally sets my anxiety off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while Agreed. I very much like this one, I would say no. <laughs> Again, you you would say no because it indicated that your partner doesn't know you at all yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. or i would not be there to say no because i would have quietly ducked out <laughs> <half my career>. yeah <laughs> they pan back to the lifeguard chair and it's just yeah. empty <laughs> the door oh, she... on the other side of the room <laughs> she's gone um i some i mean there wasn't a good segue into this but um her pamphlets emma's pamphlets this time around (laughs) choice so good just Uh, beautiful i love that that joke keeps going (laughs) yep of of everything that glee has managed to keep as a through line emma's pamphlets are i think the top for me a purse and breadsticks being like date night yeah <laughs> well that checks out for a small town too there's exactly one nice restaurant <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, semi-nice well yeah decent. exactly decent decent place um well i guess i guess we can't end without talking about finn uh, yeah exactly finn uh once again is concerned about his future which is a perfectly reasonable anxiety for a 17 18 year old in any state Mm -hmm. to have especially when maybe his football career isn't going how he wanted it to go and if he thinks he's not good enough to do a i know a drama life with his girlfriend um somehow he yeah bro i cannot keep opening the door for you i can't i can't do it so Finn has decided that because his father, well, he believes his father to be a bit of a war hero, that a possible pathway for him into adulthood is to join the army. Which is still an option for people in this country. Yeah. I I mean, especially with what um, certain people in our government have, have said recently, I, I am not anti-military most of my male relatives have served as have, I think many of our family members, right? Like mm-hmm. my brothers up until, in the Air Force, yeah. Yeah. Up until very recently, if you had a male relative, they would have served somewhere. So even if you don't consider yourself a, a military family, someone in your family has, has served. Right. Not anti-military. But I am anti Finn, recruiting in high schools in poor, yes. disadvantaged areas. Yes, exactly. Literally, just like uh, underline this topic. Um, did y'all have to take the military test? No, not at my no. school. Okay, so that? I lived in 
a like poor rural area in Mississippi. Um, let's see, what is the name of it? And as high school the senior, it, yeah, the ASVAB. Like as high school nice. seniors, everyone took it. Like that was just something you did. Like I took it. Uh, the military like recruiters would come to the school, and it, it was just like a thing. I, it might have been like optional if you specifically said you didn't want to, but it was given to all of us. Oh. I don't think it was presented as optional. So I went to school with quite a few people that joined the military because like that is literally what they do in poor yeah. areas. They were like, if you can't afford college, you've already taken the test. Here's the score. I mean, like we all sat down and met oh. with the people. I sat down and met with a recruiter because I guess passed the test. I don't even remember quite what it was like. So yeah, wait. So like, is it is it a a, a test about the army or like what what kind of a test is this? Do you have to do like basic training? <laughs> kind of. I'm um, so baffled. Like an no, it's thing. a it's a paper test. Um, so it stands for the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery, which is Jesus, a multiple it choice. T- it basically tells the military what job you would be best at. And oh, then okay. they if you're going to get stuck into communications or infantry yeah. or. And like mm. I said, I took it. I mean, I thought that was a fully normal thing until like a few years later when I made online friends and they were like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of this. I mean, yeah. I, you know, liberal elitist coast over here. But the thought of an army recruiter even coming into my high school. <laughs> it's like, well, it's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've lived in an area where most kids, I mean, like you you either just like got a job uh, because my high school had two year vocational programs. Like you could mm. graduate high school with a vocational degree. That's cool. Or you went to junior college, which mm. I did. Um, I knew maybe two people who went straight to university and like they were the rich kids. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, so the military definitely took advantage of that. Like these were not yeah. people who were going to like mostly go to college. Yeah. Yeah. So That's... I always get a little bit prickly when I see episodes that involve like recruiting teenagers because like, mm-hmm. right. I'm I mean, sure I mean, there were a few weeks where I considered joining something because my best friend went to the Coast Guard. Oh, for the, for the college to get yeah. paid yeah, for the college. For the college. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of my family joined because that's what you did as men, mm. <laughs> you know, but that we've, I think at this point, have, have I don't know any of the younger generation has has joined for anything. Um, I think that I mean, some what I've got a cousin who's still active military. Man, I'm just reading through this like Jesus, get out of here. Well, and for Finn too, like it is at least um, consistent to his character that he does not know where he's going or what he's doing or what he wants and having a girlfriend who is so focused on what she wants must make it hard yeah to feel like you're floating in the wind and your partner is driven um now why he wouldn't want to take over the auto shop i get and i also don't get like i get when your father figure at this point is like, well, you take over my shop and you'd be like, no dad, yeah, I don't want to live your life. Varsity blue style. But on the other hand, if you, <laughs> I don't want your life. If you haven't seen varsity blues, do yourself a favor. Well, I was also thinking of a Cinderella story. It was like, I'm not giving up my dream dad. I'm giving up oh, yours. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two minds. 
kids are two perspectives. One, Cinderella story. One, Varsity Blues. <laughs> Both football. Very Both football. <laughs> Both football. Uh, Chad Michael Murray. I was going to say R.A.P. in the night as a joke. And then I was like, it's probably not funny. Well, he did point. get canceled because he was. That, yeah, exactly. To, yeah. Full trash. Um, to Sophia Bush. Uh, um, uh-huh. But, you know. Maybe it's because I'm older, but the stability of being offered a fully functional business right. to yeah. jump into, like, that sounds like a good way to spend a couple of years while you're figuring your life out is a profitable, I am assuming. Also, it's shocking uh, that Finn talked to that recruiter and didn't have any, like, recruiter soundbite reasons for joining the military. No. Like, he was just like, oh, yeah. my dad is a hero. He wasn't like, I want to see the world. Or, yeah, you know. I want to protect my country. Right. Yeah, it's just that his he thinks his dad was a hero. And in this episode, we learn that um, that is a lie. And that it's a lie that his mom, Carol, has been propagating to hide the fact that his dad returned from war uh, with, I think we can assume, is PTSD. And couldn't get help or didn't get help and ended up ODing. And that is how he died. Which is not as a war hero, but I think yeah. it's fair to say a war victim. Right. A war casualty, uh, especially since this country does not give a flying fuck about veterans once they come home from war. Mm-hmm. But that's a topic for another podcast. Um, yeah, this scene is awkward rough. in hindsight. Yeah. It's rough. Um, yeah, definitely some feelings watching it yeah mm-hmm. it's hard because you know it's coming if you've already seen the episode and you you know uh, yeah i mean yeah <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard um we had talked about in the pre-show i guess we can call it that <laughs> the green room the green room that's that's our uh, our broken snippets are the green room um <laughs> That uh, it's especially awkward if the writers knew what was going on with Corey to include this kind of a storyline um, for Finn. And if if that's appropriate or inappropriate, I don't know, is for us to say, but I think it's fair it's, to assume. It's rough that, if they did that on purpose. I mean, yeah, it's actually kind of bullshit if they did, because yeah, um, the script is not the place to stage an intervention. Right. Wow, um, I even think of it like that. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, that's that's not the way to do it. Um, so I'm certainly hoping that was not the intention, but given this writer's room's yeah. weird fascination with pulling from their actors' lives, uh, it's not it doesn't seem far from from possibility. So thanks, Glee, for another downer moment in hindsight um so finn uh, does not take this well <laughs> does not take this well <laughs> does not um very i think very upset uh I, you know rightfully you know when you're when you find out that your dad is not necessarily the person you thought he was that's it's fucking hard um, secrets in families are hard, especially when they're kept for what is felt like for good reasons. Um, but it is not, 
not too happy about it. And we kind of set up a downward spiral of sorts for Finn, wherein he, we have the breadstick scene we previously talked about where he's angry and Mm -hmm. seems to be looking for something, the next thing to latch onto. You know, he went from football to the army. Now that's not going to work out. So he seems very lost. Um, And then leads us into the last scene of the episode where he, I guess, inspired by Schuster, asks Rachel to marry him. The end. They are 17. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) And I will say, like, Finn impulsively asking her almost feels like an accurate, like, teenager thing to do for someone in his position. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Knowing how Glee plays out overall, I just... Lima ain't that small of a town, though, is the thing. (laughs) We literally, in the previous scene, you know, Bert was like, take over the tire shop. You know, like, Mm -hmm. they've already kind of given him a possible path. Ideas, yeah. Like, they're like, we're going to work with you. We want to help you. Like, we're, you know, they stayed this kind of, like, Will, Emma, Bert, and Carol are like, we are your parental figures. We are here to help you with this struggle. And he ignores all of that and mm-hmm. <laughs> buys a ring. Which, again, is a teenage thing to do, is to ignore good advice and not know that it's good advice until you're a grown-ass adult. Sure. I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, as adults, it's very easy to be like, what a stupid fucking decision. But, you know, when you're 17... I- it's also hard because, like, when I was 17, even riddled with hormones, I would have been like, oh, a business. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But I, that's not uh, not always the way people think. Um, so it's not out of character for him to be like, all right, I'm going to ask my girlfriend to marry me because at least that's a path that feels solid. Um, especially because he, he feels like he has nothing else, even though we know he does. Yeah. Or does he? Um, I don't know with what money he actually bought this ring. Yeah, really. Does, does Bert pay him? Because we we don't he, he must. see. Do we see him working? Not recently. Yeah, not recently. I think yeah. we saw him in the shop once or twice a while back, but not recently. Which is a shame because, like, you know, having an after school job is kind of an interesting subplot for some of these characters. Yeah. When you realize or are reminded that so many of them are not rich. Right. Unlike Quinn. Instead, the only after-school job we get to see is Sam's. Yeah. I mean, right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The one that they make fun of. Yeah. Glee. (laughs) And Um, now we set into motion a storyline that will haunt us for the next five or six episodes. (sighs) Yeah. Ventral. Yeah, yeah, it does. It um these next episodes are very finchel heavy, which as we previously talked about, there are those of you who do not have clean goggles and we appreciate that and we will try to live a better, <laughs> more well-rounded podcasting life, but also <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm much happier living a more well-rounded life when it comes to storylines like Sam and Mercedes or (laughs) Santana and Brittany or 
any other high school age characters besides Rachel and Finn. Mm-hmm. This also sets up the whole feelings of inequality between the couples. Well, I'm sure it happened before now, but just within this episode, Finn and Rachel legit make out in front of the entire Glee Club where the most affection you got from anybody else, including Tina and Mike, was holding hands. Yep. <sighs> That's some bullshit. I'm like... You know, I know a lot of people don't want to have the discussion or the argument or whatever about what a screen kiss is and what a screen kiss should not be. Mm. That looked to you like a two-actor kiss. No. It did not to me. Personally. Yeah, no, not so much. I mean, good good for the actors for getting to bring that part of their lives in and to enjoy an on-screen kiss, which I'm sure is super awkward. But, like it does put into perspective even more clearly the the difference of uh, of kissing levels yeah. and of intimacy shown. And that is why we don't like Finchel as much. Yeah. They just kind of, they gloated in it, you know? Like, they were the favorites mm-hmm. and they knew it. They did. And this is, so, I mean, this is a bitterness I have and I would imagine you have to with any show like that like mm-hmm. i definitely have a knee-jerk reaction of like please stop showing me this heterosexual pairing mm-hmm. like if i mean not every show like i'm not saying there are no straight romances that work but like the uh lack of inequality between them becomes very very obvious the lack of equality yes absolutely mm-hmm. The only thing I was going to say is, like, Scully and Mulder should make out more. But that's... <laughs> but that's like, a the reason Scully and... And I am totally plagiarizing this from a Tumblr post I read the other day. But, like, the reason Mulder and Scully worked as a straight couple and everyone loved them is because the writers were like, we don't want romance on this show. I know. And instead of writing a romance, wrote a male and female partner that respected each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everyone was like, wait, that's romance. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the relationship we want. They're equals, yeah. and he's not yeah. falling all out. I mean, you know. I uh, Sometimes. Sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah, Scully doesn't become stupid because yeah. she falls in love. Um, She becomes stupid because the writers give up. Yeah. Anyway. That's later on. That's <laughs> that's later. But yes, it um the inequity of... PDA is uh, is some bullshit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a more um, refined and nuanced way to say that, but I don't yeah, have that vocabulary. That's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any any final thoughts before we hit our indices? Oh, um, I have a favorite uh, quote. Oh yes. Um, in breadsticks, where Kurt's like. Screw this. I'm getting a little cheesecake. Mm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my 2020 feel. It's on my mood board. I do have to say, I so he snaps at a waiter like a dick. Oh, such a dick. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, Kurt? But in a later episode, Blaine calls him out for snapping at yes. waiters as being something that he hates. And that I love mm-hmm. in TV shows where... That's not a conversation they've had before, but you know that over the last year, Blaine has been like, I love you, but if you keep snapping at a waiter, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's subtle writing that I appreciate and doesn't happen yep. on this fucking show. We appreciate those moments. 
Thank you. Thank you, Glee. For that and nothing thank else. You. Wow. Wait, I'm sorry. You said thank you, Glee. But for that and, and I, nothing else. I just I just feel like my internet shorted out for me there. Is that someone's gonna take that sound bite out of context? <laughs> thank you, Glee, and fuck you, Ryan Murphy. Yes. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Mandy, do you have a favorite line that we haven't covered? Just Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, like all of her uh, monologues. Her yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love her. That was a That's great legit. like Easter egg. Yeah. Just fun mm-hmm. moment. Just a little, little something, something extra. A little something. I did like that. Um, our, oh, I guess a favorite song. But I think, I think we know that it's moves like Jagger for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, I think, is We Found Love just for the overhead shot of Kurt and Blaine sitting back to back in swimsuits. Oh, yeah. I did. But that doesn't, that's not really the song, but it counts. Yeah. Um, Mine is um, Summer Lovin' for the fun group number aspect of it. And I love Grease. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. That's fair. I was a little kid in a small town who loved musicals and had no way to access them. So Mm, movie musicals meant a lot to me, yeah. Yep, I get it. Grease is one of the only one of two shows that I have ever been in. Oh, fun. I know. Who'd you play? I know. Who do you think I played? Rizzo. Yes. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> I called it. Would, That's perfect. Would, That's so good. Would, would there have it was summer camp. Would have there would there been any other part I could play beyond like the scenery? <laughs> or the uh, car? Would you sing um What's her song? Damn it. I did. Oh my God. I did. Is there yeah. video some Alone? I had to sing that alone on a stage under a spotlight. That's amazing. No, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> That's, I mean, I already knew I hated to be watched or have any attention. And that really solidified that for me. Um, because then the next year I got to be the assistant director of the musical that we did oh instead God. of having to act in it. I was literally about to say, and then you move behind the scenes. And that just like, I did your whole, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't imagine any other role you could have played besides Rizzo. Yeah. Right. It, like resonate so truthfully. Your personality. Rizzo or like one of the Thunderbirds, like they didn't have enough boys. So you like, Oh, like, wow, yeah, that could work. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like you could rock a leather jacket for sure. I could. Mm-hmm. Or the, the, um, the grease monkey jumpsuit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Slick my hair back. Yeah, yeah that would have worked as well. Mm-hmm. But there, there were no other options. I didn't even have to audition. <laughs> it, it, they just looked at you and were like, they, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, well, we already know her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> awful. So our, our Kevin McHale scale, Kevin McScale. Pretty good. He had a storyline. I mean, is that like that's a full four and a half or is that like a five? I think that's a five. I think that's a five. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. storyline and song, like, especially for a character like Artie that got little attention and it's not going to get much better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like on Instagram, we're going to have to like have a, a highlight post of like a yeah. pew, pew, pew. This is it. We found it. The elusive we found five it. on the elusive Kevin McScale. Yeah. Wow. I'm so I'm so proud of this horrible episode. <laughs> it's not horrible. It's just not our fate. No. Yeah. Um, our poor Kleindex is probably down. Oh in, God. Like, yeah. The three. But they looked at each other and they were back to back, 
in that one song. Yes. Some some background eye loving. It's like a two. A three. A two. Did they talk to each other? They didn't they talk to each other. So. Maybe even a one, like fuck yeah, it. Yeah, like a mm, I'm angry. Yeah. Okay. Um, or coulda, shoulda, woulda. What what thing should have happened in this episode? I mean, Emma leaving Will. <laughs> yes. Correct. Or just Emma having some more autonomy in general. Like yeah. the little just the way Will approaches her about her OCD is so fucked. We didn't even talk oh, about God. that specifically. But that whole argument, and she's so nice and gracious. Like, she should have screamed at him at least. I know. She was way too, like, just take it and be meek and kind. And, like, no, fuck him. And she's talked before about how she is going to therapy and taking her medication. Yeah. And she's working on it, and it's a process. And she knows that, even though, you know, Will did sing her a song about fixing her, that it's not it's not fixable. Right. And it's a progress and it's will take her whole life. And if that's the life he wants to have with her, then that's what comes with it. And he doesn't really atone for that either. He just like stares at her from afar and then proposes. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't even say anything about it when he proposes, really. Yeah. Not even a sorry or like a, I was being I was I was just scared, like nothing. No excuses, not not a good one, not even a bad one. Lame. Women out mm-hmm. there, you deserve more than that. Fuck that. Exactly. If if you take away anything from Glee, it's that you deserve better. I think coulda, shoulda, woulda, they should have had an actual conversation about their earlier conversation versus any, like, that kind of, like, big showy proposal. Mm-hmm. Not that Glee yeah. would have ever done that, but in the name of emotional Mm-mm. maturity. Is that the title? In the name of emotional maturity. <laughs> I like it. Because there was that one episode not that long ago where we were just like, wow, everyone's so emotionally mature in this episode and having real conversations. And then... You have to immediately roll that back. You don't get to keep yeah, that. Yeah. It slips through your fingers so quickly. Slipping through my fingers. That's me about uh, Glee's goodness. It's true. <laughs> Because because when we were talking about, you know, Grease and stuff, I'm thinking about season four and I'm like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so much com- pain coming our way. It's just slowly creeping up in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. It's looming. <laughs> looming. Um, well, speaking of looming, the next episode is the Michael Jackson tribute. Mm. And there's going to be a lot to get through in that one. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's going to be a dense one. <laughs> Uh, it feels like a dense one um but you know what's in it i'm already angry about it you you can't be that angry because you know what's in it smooth criminal i i yes but also the other thing i know but but smooth criminal really does elevate this so i know there's that yeah um well i feel like we've probably prattled (laughs) enough at an hour and a half Oh, wow. That, that, that maybe we'll cut down to an hour and 20 minutes. Who knows? Yeah. So I hope everyone's enjoying their COVID time of listening to exceptionally long podcast episodes. Um, I am for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. And ironically, I absolutely am. Yeah, They're kind of saving me during the day. Yeah. Same. That's what I do during work. Um, so, that, so then I guess thank you to everyone listening to these extraordinarily long episodes. And 
uh, follow us on Instagram because I think we're having a lot of fun. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon that's less fun, but you do get like our back catalog of mini episodes and those are a lot of fun. I don't have any last words. Do you have any last words? Fuck Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yes. And that is what you missed on 